Welcome to What's a Crime, I'm Linda, and today we're going to be doing a crime case catch-up on several cases that I've been covering. Usually I do this format in a live stream, but today I thought I would do it in a video. But before I get started, if you'd like to be part of the It's a Crime community, please click that subscribe button below, hit that notification to all. Also, please like this video and share it out where you can. Now, let's get into it. So today I'm going to cover the Canadian manhunt of Martin Carpentier, specialist Vanessa Guillen, an update on our little buddy Gannon Stouk, and a little bit about the evil stepmother Letitia. I'm going to cover Suzanne Morphew, a little update on Lori Vallow Daybell, the three suspects in the murders in Frostproof, Florida, and also an update on Shyla Thomas. First, Martin Carpentier. Earlier this month, I covered the case of Martin Carpentier in Canada. There was a manhunt after his vehicle was involved in a car crash on July 8th in a place called Saint Apollinaire in Quebec. When authorities got on scene, he and his two girls, Nora, who's 11, and Romy, who's 6, were not in the vehicle and nowhere to be found. Although authorities did find Martin's phone, one of his sandals, and a melting ice cream. He had gone out for ice cream just earlier that evening with his two girls. Now, they did find the girls three days later in the woods, but Martin was nowhere to be found, and the girls were found deceased. Now, on Monday, July 20th, there was a funeral held in the girls' town of Lévis, Quebec. Only 50 people were allowed to attend the service, and everyone wore a mask. Now, their mother, Amélie Lemieux, spoke and said, Be my stars in the night who will guide me through this immeasurable pain. My two beautiful princesses of love, I wanted and waited for you so much. From your first breath, I loved you unconditionally. You are my whole life, my reason for existing. I love you like crazy. I love you to infinity. She also said, thank you for choosing me to be your mother. Now, after the service, they released two doves in the sky. Then, a few hours after the funeral service, they actually found Martin Carpentier, and they found him deceased. The chief inspector said about this whole thing that it wasn't something premeditated. This accident was a tipping point. It's from there that the abnormal behavior begins. Now, they said that after the accident that Martin and the girls stopped at a trailer nearly two kilometers in those woods, which is about 1.2 miles and he broke into this trailer. Nora and Romy's bodies were found a few hundred meters away, close to one another. Now the authorities said that Martin killed the girls with a blunt object and then committed suicide. They said that both Romy and Nora were already deceased that next morning, which was on Thursday the 9th the next day after the accident. Now, they also believe that the girls may have been injured from that car accident. And so by the time they put out the Amber Alert, which was that next day, that the girls were already gone. Now, Martin was found three kilometers away from where the girls were found, or 1.8 miles. They found him near a house they had visited twice before during the search. It was stated that it appeared that he stole a ladder from this property where he was found, which the owner did not notice. And it was also noted that this owner had phoned in and said he smelled something coming from the property. He said usually there are a lot of dead animals in the area, but 
That's what it was reported. Now, families have described Martin as a good father who had an amicable relationship with the girl's mother. They had been split for four years. Now, I did have someone reach out to me that knows Martin, and he said that he didn't see any sort of anything from Martin that would indicate that this would happen. So it's interesting that the authorities are also saying this was the tipping point after that, it went downhill from there. Let's have a chit chat below and talk about this. It is a very bizarre case. Next, Vanessa Guillen. Another soldier was found dead around 15 miles from the army base. 26 year old Private Mehor Morta. Authorities haven't said whether foul play was involved or not, but I'm gonna take a little guess and say it is. In my opinion, the likelihood is quite high. Could be right, could be wrong, just my opinion. That's three deaths in the past month and almost 150 soldiers in the past four years from there. Now I will say something that I have noticed is that the soldiers that have been going missing, especially in the last year or so that I've seen, all seem to be fairly brand new to Fort Hood. So it's about one year, two year that they've been in it. So just something I noticed, but maybe something worth diving into. Now on to Vanessa. A custom casket was donated and they used emerald green as it was said that that's Vanessa's favorite color. The family wanted to add sparkles to it, so they did that. And they also wanted to include both flags, the Mexican flag and the American flag. And the grandmother came to town on a humanitarian visa. And also, Natalie Kawam is supposed to be meeting the president on the 29th of July. And also, there is going to be a peaceful protest outside of the White House on the 30th. Next, Gannon Stelk. There is an event for Gannon called the G-Man's Thunder Ride happening on Saturday, September 26, 2020 from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. in South Carolina. This would be three days before what would be Gannon's 12th birthday. And I'll leave the link below in the description box. There are also sponsors that are wanted as well, so I'll leave that link in there as well. Now, according to Gannon's mom, Landon, there will be a memorial after. And Gannon is also going to be going home to his mother, finally, from Florida. So please leave some blue hearts for Gannon in the comments below. Now on to the evil stepmother, Leticia. It is said this week that Leticia would be moved to a state hospital in Pueblo, Colorado to undergo an evaluation to determine whether she's competent to stand trial or not. She will be back in court on September 8th and prosecutors are expecting to have the results of that evaluation before then. Now this immediately makes me think about how she was hired by a school before all this happened in Colorado Springs to work there with kids and seemed competent to them until they found discrepancies in her application. I'm gonna hazard a guess and say she's competent, even though she's gonna pull some crazy things in the meantime to try and make it look like she's crazy, even though she's not, this is my opinion. I'm pretty sure we're gonna hear something soon and it's gonna have to top her broomstick fury plan of trying to break out and break free of the jail. So stay tuned for that. Pretty sure that's coming and pretty sure it's gonna top that story. 
Now on to Suzanne Morphew. There's extra information that has come out from Lauren Scharf. She's been covering this case. YouTuber Tyson Draper was also in this interview. A neighbor speaks out about new information. I haven't heard that yet, perhaps you have, but this was in a two-part special and the neighbor said that the on the weekend of Mother's Day, there was a loud noise in the middle of the night. And she said it was like the equipment being used. She said at first she thought it was a truck, but then it sounded more like construction equipment. She lives right next door to that construction site that the authorities first looked at. Remember they were investigating it? So, and dug part of it up. So she said it went on for over, about a half an hour, she said. This is very, very interesting to me. Finally, I feel like we have a little bit more information because everybody's been so hush-hush and authorities. And I really would love to know what your thoughts are about this because that to me makes the wheels turn and it maybe solidifies or maybe makes me lean even more towards my original opinion. If you haven't seen that video, I'll put it right there. Next, Lori Vallow-Daybell. There's a hearing this Monday. District Attorney Rob Wood filed a motion asking the court not to televise the court proceedings. He said he's concerned that there may not be a fair trial. That's this Monday at 2.30 p.m. Oh, and in case you haven't noticed, Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at the world's not ended. However, I will say there was a tornado warning here yesterday, which is very rare for us to have, and I was cursing Lori. Maybe I should be cursing Zulema. <laughs> anyway. Next, Shyla Thomas. Remember Shyla? She was the mom who went missing from Butte, Montana. Well, she was found safe. However, she was also arrested. And so was her boyfriend, Bryce Baltazar. They were arrested in Texas at a motel after a police officer noticed a stolen Lexus G35 with a stolen Arizona license plate. After running a check on the car, they found out that it was a stolen vehicle from California. And the officer questioned Shyla and Bryce as they were walking to their vehicle. Now, Shyla was arrested on felony charges of unauthorized use of a car and fraud. Bryce was taken in on a felony warrant for violating the conditions of his release. He was in trouble with the law beforehand. So they were booked into the Arlington jail around 10 a.m. and Bryce was later transferred to a correction center in Fort Worth, Texas. Next is the frost-proof murder of three fishing buddies, Brandon Rawlins, Kevin Springfield, and Damian Tillman. And the three people that were arrested in their murder were in court on Thursday. TJ Wiggins, who is the trigger man, he was charged with three counts of first-degree murder and there's no bond for him. 
TJ's brother, Robert Wiggins, whose real name is William, was given a $46,000 bond, and Mary Whitmore, TJ's girlfriend, was given a $45,000 bond. Both were charged with accessory and evidence tampering. Now, Brandon's girlfriend, Jessica, was interviewed, and she said, hopefully no bond agency will be stupid enough to take that bond. And Brandon's mom was interviewed and said, the death penalty is definitely our number one priority. She said that TJ was always in trouble growing up. And Brandon's dad talked about Brandon calling him that night and he said he could have called anyone, 911, anyone, but he called me and he was very emotional after that, understandably. Now, I'll leave the links to all these cases in the description box below and let's have a chit chat about that. Stay tuned for new cases coming and collaborations and interviews. Please like, please share, and don't forget to subscribe if you haven't done so already. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon.